I'm Dave Tussin, and you're listening to George Fox Talks Leadership. It's really good to see you today. Um, good to see you, Dave. So excited for this conversation and and how it can just unfold and what it can help um, bring to people to just learn about some of your wonderful experiences as as other people navigate their careers and lives. Um, Coyote, you and I first met a couple of years ago when we were at MIT together doing yeah. some classes. Um, for everyone who doesn't know you yet, you're the founder and CEO of Sana.io, which is a fintech company, and you're building tools to simplify the fundraising process for startups and private investment firms, which is super cool. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. Before Sana, you worked uh, for 14 years in the financial services industry across retail banking, strategy, and investment banking. Um, and the most significant stint was in investment banking, where you were the VP of Leverage Finance at Standard Chartered Bank. And that was when I had first met you, you were in that role, I believe. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of great ongoing education in your years. Coyote is an a, a associate alumnus of MIT Sloan Management School. He holds a master's in science from in international management from University of Liverpool and a bachelor's in mechanical engineering from OAU in Nigeria. So it's really great to have you with us today and to hear about your story and um, let's just get rolling. So maybe you can talk a little about where you grew up and how you got into banking. That was really fascinating to me when we spoke before. Yeah, thank you very much for the uh, wonderful introduction. So I grew up in um, a town called Ibadan and in Nigeria. Um, it's in Southwest Nigeria, about 100 kilometers um, away from, um, from Lagos, the economic capital. Um, I had a, what I can describe as a very, I'll say very humble background and that's putting it in nicely. Uh, I mean, my parents had three children, uh, but there was never, I mean, so much. I mean, there was just enough to send us to school. My parents knew they would sacrifice everything uh, for our education. And they invited that in us, but there was almost never any time where we had access. You know, um, it's that kind of loving, warm home I grew up in. And it was just one step after the other, uh, you know, schooling. Had all my schooling, all my years in Nigeria. Had never left the country. And um, I got into banking by, I'll say by accident. You know, you will probably <laughs> revisit that theme um, so many times um, throughout this um, conversation. Uh, but I'll say there are two things that probably led, led me to the banking path. Uh, one was um, my first startup, uh, which was um, while I was in university. And that came about um, as a cause of adversity as well. That got me to start a company then. I'll probably touch on it later on. Yeah. But I think that experience while being a student and running a business, you know, just exposed me, dragged me out of um, the mechanical engineering I was studying into the world of business. And I realized, you know what, this is actually seems much um, more interesting to me than mechanical engineering. So by the time I was leaving um, school, I knew that I probably wouldn't um, practice engineering and you know i was just i had some friends and we're talking i mean i think that far i always have friends like you dave who yeah. will come up with opportunities or talking about different things 
And one of them said to me, I heard about this, uh, you know, this uh, vacancy, we shall apply. I'm like, you know what? I've never heard about um, this bank. It's an international bank. But you know what? You said, let's apply, let's apply. Kind of long story short, that's how I went through the very tough process for, and got into, you know, got to the bank. Um, and when I got the offer, I also had another offer with an oil firm, which was going to pay me, I think, three times what the bank was going to pay. Wow. But at some point during that process, I sat down somewhere. I had a day retreat. I had my Bible. I prayed. And I kind of charted out my path in life. And that was in mm. January 2007. Mm. So by the time I had this competing offers in July 2007, it was quite clear. You know that yeah. I will go for banking, even though the other, uh, you know, the other one was with an American company, ExxonMobil, was oh, yeah. drilling engineering role. Um, but I was quite clear that this was more of my calling, based yeah. on you know the kind of conversation I had with self, I had with God. Yeah. So I think um, that's my roundabout way of um, answering the question of how I got into banking. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think that's just a wonderful um, explanation of a lot of things that I've thought about over the years too. If we're always chasing just money as a priority, we'll end up something very different than if we're trying to figure out what our values are and what our calling is and really where God wants us to be. And that often is a, a different place than just the money first. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so maybe you can talk a little more about kind of the values that you and your priorities in life, because I think um, in a moment you'll also talk about how that formed a solid foundation as you've navigated your career and had to make some tough choices. Yes, so I think um, you know, the what I just glossed over, uh, you know, about that two offers, um, I'll say was the, maybe the, uh, up to that point in time, and maybe up till now, you know, one of the biggest choices I've had to make, which to a lot of people, you know, seemed like extremely foolish or just a lot of people could not understand. I mean, how does one of the world's biggest companies at that time make an offer and you'll say no? <laughs> um, I mean, you, you know, to, yeah. it's, I probably haven't spoken about this, but that example called me. I'm like, you know, are you really sure of what you're talking about? Um, you know, the recruitment process is extremely tough. You know, we take only, you know, the finest yeah. and the best, and it's really exclusive. And the comments come in and have a conversation with different people. You know, maybe you just don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, I did that, and, but beyond it all, it was all, I had peace with my decision. Hmm. Um, to your question, I think it's just that it's, it's difficult. You know, I, I won't lie and say it was an extremely easy decision to take a, the less obvious choice. But, you know, I think something you and I have talked about in the past that you wouldn't know your values. You don't know if you are strained from your values, if you've not thought about them, you've not prayed about right. them, and you've not written them down. Right. Um, I think for me, it was written down, it was on paper, and it was, this is where I want to go in life. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of job I want. This is, you know, these are the kind of people I want to meet. This is the kind of person I want to marry. Yep. You know, so it was, it was almost like a, you know, I'll, I'll say roadmap, but yeah. more like a charter for life. And, you know, basically just coming from, a quiet moment yeah. with myself, with God, with background paper. And, you know, it's, I think it's that uh, principle that has guided me, that guided me at that particular point in time, making a tough choice. Mm -hmm. And as I, I think kind of guided me through life. Just mm -hmm. to summarize, it's mm -hmm. having that moment, 
on several moments in life to just sit down and say, where am I meant to be going? Right. You know, coming from within, coming from God with an answer and putting it down on paper. Yeah, that is a starting point, I think. Excellent. Uh, I, I have a similar approach. And I think what you've mentioned, many pieces, but writing it down has been helpful for me because I can look at it over time and and revisit. Why did I put this down? Is it really something that I, that it came from my own head or where did it come from? And, and maybe it does change over, over time and over your life, but it's been a good, um, regular practice, you know, once a year or, or every, every so often, yeah. what do I, what do I care about and why, <laughs> and where does yeah. that come from? And for you and for me, you know, going, going to God and the Bible to, to discern some of that has been extremely helpful, but I, 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 go ahead. Yeah, sorry, question for you. Do you ever have a moment of doubt to say, you know what, I mean, this really looks so good, but it's not in line with what I've written down. Yeah. It must be from God, surely. Shouldn't I just pursue this and say, do you ever have this moment of doubt? Yeah, abs- uh, yes, I have I have that happen regularly. It, it has happened recently. Um, you know, different, different sort of opportunities or situations present themselves and look pretty good. And if you don't think about it too much, you might just go for it. And even if you think about it too much, you might still go for it. But uh, that's where going back to the values and kind of the priorities in life for me, it's, you know, God, my faith, my family, my friends and community, and then my work, keeping those things in, in harmony and balance um, is really important. And some of those opportunities would throw all those things out of balance. Um, and so even though in the short term, it might look pretty good, or if you're taking it just from maybe a financial lens, it might look pretty good. <laughs> But if you're thinking about a holistic life and kind of the purpose of the life, it uh, goes a different direction than some people might take. Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe just uh, picking one point you made there about the holistic approach. Um, I think that's, uh, I mean, looking back at that particular instance and maybe other points, um, you know, other transition points in my career where I could have gone one way or the other. Mm. Um, I, I suspect that when you have like a holistic approach to life, you know, when it's not just you know, I want the job with the highest profile or the highest pay. When you think about it in continuum, you know, like you said, God, family, the career, whatever else that's unique to every individual. When you look at things like that, I, I think it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it helps. Totally agree. And so maybe talk to me a little about where you've had to make some tough choices yourself, where you've you know could have compromised on some of your values and and got ahead personally. I think. Probably if people haven't had that chance in their life, they will at some point. Uh, you can always get a leg up on somebody or or financially or otherwise if you decide to step on somebody versus walk along next to somebody. So that's where values come in. Um, I think you've mentioned you have a pretty tangible experience that maybe helped get you to where you are now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that question because it kind of um, drags us back from you know a point where it sounds as if once you have the value, then all goes smooth. That is not the case. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> there's a funny, yeah. funny, um, funny quote. Uh, not everyone would love it, but there's a Mike Tyson quote that's, uh, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the punch in the face for me came, I mean, if I could pick one, the biggest yeah. one in my life so far, was probably in, um, I mean, I was at a job where, I was enjoying myself. I was doing very well. I had had a very good run on the job. And then I just faced a situation where 
very clearly a superior um, staff. Um, one of my managers wanted me to take a different route. You know, it was one of, if you listen to me, if you're loyal to me, and I mean, you'll get everything you want. You'll get the promotion, you'll get the salary increases, you'll get everything you want. But if you're not, you know, the, the door. And in a very specific instance, it was one where effectively I, was, I had to choose between defending uh, one of my own subordinates with this person uh, or, you know, just going with what I wanted, like everybody else did and, you know, the benefit. And I wouldn't say it was easy, but yeah, in a way it was easy. I mean, I think in that instance where, I had to, where there was somebody else involved, I just knew there was no way I will hurt that person unjustifiably mm-hmm. for my own benefit. Mm-hmm. But I was at peace with it. I knew that if I defended the truth, I told the truth about this person that they were actually hard working rather than a slouch, like the spirit wanted it to look like. Mm-hmm. I knew that it will kind of be like the beginning of the end for me within the organization, which turned out to be true, but I just trusted God that, you know, this I could. There was no way I could have done that. So this has to be. This has to work out well. Right. Um, to cut a long story short, I mean, when the end came within the organization, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to walk away from it all. I've had, uh, I've had a good time. I've had a tough time because of, you know, the choices I made to defend my values. But I'm sure everything was fine. And I had zero plans. Um, but you won't believe it. Within two weeks of living, I just thought, you know what? I'll take some time after working 14 years. I'll take some time, relax, and you know, maybe travel, maybe just do something. Within two weeks, I'll say the path, you know, the journey to where I am today started within two weeks. Wow. You know, and just a call out of blues. Uh, oh, someone is looking for someone to do this. I'm like, okay, um, I've registered a company. I'll do it for you. Um, and I had a first consulting gig. Two weeks after leaving my job, you know, uh, which was a huge validation for me to say, okay, I mean, leaving the brand, big brand behind, I could actually command, you know, I could create value. Right. You know, it's th- that door that opened, led to another that door that opened, that led me to found Sina in February this year. All within, I mean, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And between then and now, you know, it's, it's that constant thing. You don't know where the future leads, but it's just one little door opening. You step through in space and then many, many more open through yep. that. Yep. So, I, I, yeah, I feel like I've spoken, no, <laughs> spoken to, I've, I take it to long to answer the question, but yeah, I think that's, that, that's it for me. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think a thing that's um, on my mind and a lot of folks, if they're thinking about being entrepreneurial or just whatever you're doing in life, um, the way you've kind of characterized it, it's a it's a collaboration with God. You're co-creating. You know, He invites us into working with Him um, in these sort of endeavors in our lives. And so, the way you kind of describe that, God gave you this opportunity and and look at this amazing set of experiences you've had, um, all the ingredients you have, and now you're cooking up something really awesome, which is really which is really neat. You know, um, and I just I uh, appreciate and respect that you're doing that, and it's not easy. Obviously, it, it is, and um, it's funny you you use the word co-create. I have it written down here as well huh. because that is what it is. It is co-creation. Right. Um, and I think you and I talked about this as well, where there's a view at times that everything's going to be fine. There's maybe there's, I mean, maybe Christian, maybe psychology that you know, positive thinking that yeah. everything's going to be fine. 
I take a slightly different approach to say it will be rough. You know, it was <laughs> Jesus Christ had it rough. I mean, he had a point where he had sure. doubt, but it's going to end up well. Right. Stay yeah. on the right path, it's going to end up well. You face through rough adversity, you face moments of temptation, you face moments of doubt, moments of mini failures, but it's yeah. going to end up well because we are co-creating with God. Right. Yeah, no, that's, I think, a really good way to put it. I think of it in a similar way. And hope, you know, is the word that springs to my mind. You know, when I'm yeah. when I'm close to God and really trying to f- follow his lead, then I have a lot of hope. Um, and, and, you know, what Jesus brings is a lot of hope. And so even when things are dark or challenging, I still have hope. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that it might be uncomfortable in the moment. Like when you just ran the London uh, Marathon, at some point in there, you probably were feeling a little down, but you were hopeful because you knew your training was good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, I actually, I put out, I penned a blog about my, you know, my experiences from the marathon. And, uh, you know, one of the key things I was talking about there is, you know, training and consistency works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Um, when the, when the chips are down, when you're facing the dark period, you have to rely on something. Yeah. It, in terms of the marathon, it's, you know, the training, I just trust in myself and the process. In life, it, it's, it's most times it's just God. You just know that there is a path there. You can't see it. And as you remember, it's so frustrating that you can't really see that path. You want to see the left turn and the right turn. You want to be in control. Yeah. But no, you know, when you walk in with God, you cannot see beyond the nose, but right. just go anyway. Yeah, that's the truth. I, I have a tendency to want to be in control a lot of times, and I, and I work on that regularly to to release that. Um, tell it, I'd, I'd like to hear more about Sina, though, and kind of what um, your vision there is. You know, you're co-creating. It is able to serve a lot of different um groups, individuals, and, and, you know, companies. So just what, what gets you excited about Sena and what you're doing? Tell us a little about that. No, I, I will, for, for Sena as well, I will, I want to go back um, to almost 20 years, but, you know, the, uh, the startup I founded when I was in college in 2003, 2004, um, I realized then that, you know, in school, it was just this happy-go-lucky place. Everyone was happy, you know, you're depending on parent, the parents, and there was just no worries in the world. But I was in touch with, um, you know, uh, also students who had graduated and gone on into career or gone into the world of work. And it was like light, night and day. It was like, you guys are having fun. You don't know what, what I wait you out there. And, you know, when they tell you in full about the experiences, you know, there was that thing of, you know, trepidation that, oh, I'm having a good time in school, number one. School is done. Most of, nine times out of 10, it's pain. And I just thought, okay, what if, you know, uh, the students on, on campus in school can know what is out there so they can prepare themselves? Mm-hmm. I mean, why is there enough not being done to prepare students for life out of school? Mm-hmm. I looked around, there's nothing. And come along so short, founded a team, and we started publishing a magazine. So we'll interview former students of the same university. You know, they talk about their experiences, what has helped them as they've gone on into the world of work. And um, yeah, it was called Inspire Magazine. It was nice. called Inspire. Um, and we ran it for four years. It was four awesome years. Um, extremely painful at times, <laughs> but it really built my character, built me. And for me, it was just beautiful 
you know, helping one student or the other in terms giving them information. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I go back to that story because it's about the same thing for Sina. Um, you know, I always want to do, I want to make money. I want to grow. I want recognition. But I want to do so while impacting others. Yep. So for Sina, it was a realization that a lot of, you know, small business owners struggle. Struggle yep. to access funding, struggle to grow. And I had that personal experience in my own home. My wife, um, you know, she's um, a tech uh, founder, and she just had this moment of frustration and pain anytime she needed to approach investors or stakeholders to raise funds. And it was just, okay, I could understand because I was an investment banker, so I could see that all our processes were very tedious. I mean, I could see at times we would take three months to get back to a client and client says, but you should have told me much earlier, you know, you're just stringing them along. Different things, I could see I, I could see the why of um, why the problem um, mm-hmm. she was facing. I could see it. Um, so that's the second thing. I saw the problem with her. As a, as a banker, I could understand the root causes. And then, um, you know, with MIT, they, you know, uh, when, I came to, when I came to MIT, when I just started the program, first of all, distance learning and then travel down to Cambridge. For me, it was, I wanted to find a better job. You know, I thought, okay, with MIT, meeting people, I'll find a job. But that didn't happen, but much better thing happened. I saw, you know, I learned new things. I broadened my horizons. I met new people. And I think that MIT journey gave me the how, how to mm. solve that problem that I've seen with um, small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now we're building, we're using, we're using um, algorithms, we're automating financial models. Um, to start with, and then there's several pain points for small business owners we've identified. With time, we'll just digitize it and make it, um, you know, make it easier for startup founders to raise funds and grow. Yeah. Uh, one example, one of the um, best businesses out there for me personally is Canva. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago, if you wanted to put up an ad or design a flyer, you'll pay someone to do it, or you go learn Photoshop. Right. But now everybody can do that and it's empowering so many people to just be able to, because the barriers they're reducing the barriers to entry for yep. businesses or mailchimp or you know some of those things that right. where you have to hire someone or there's a huge expense involved but now you can do it all by yourself online that's the kind of vision i have seen now where in the next few years everyone will be able to go in there you know build their financial models connect with investors access all the tools they need to raise funds and grow and yes, to be honest, we're still a far way off from um, the vision I have, but we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's such a cool um, concept, and that you're making it happen is is great. I think it's uh, if you if you step back and say you were really excited about this to co-create and collaborate, um, you get to do that on such a scale with more founders and, and other companies are going to start up. I mean, exactly. really exciting to to help them accomplish their dreams as well. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing the continued growth and, and dream coming to life with your company. Thanks. That's, that's great. Thank you. Thanks so much. I mean, maybe one more point um, there back to that co-creation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a recurring word today because I mean, you've got it written now, I've got it written now. It's, um, I mean, if it's not your one year since I left my job. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I've already got, I look back at the success or whatever, what we've achieved with Sina so far and I'm like, this is amazing mm-hmm. um, in such a short, short period. But it may surprise you and the listeners to hear that I didn't have this plan fully fleshed out. 
said before I left bank, for instance, I didn't have money, the money waiting, I didn't have everything waiting. It that whole thing of one thing leading to the other, like you know, hmm. just a path and then you follow and then others at some point. Um, maybe this time last year, I knew that I wanted to solve this problem, but I thought surely the answer must be that it's because it's such a big problem. Maybe an organization that wants to solve that problem as well will hire me sure. and I will help them solve that problem and I, I will solve that problem for many people. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've, I tried, I interviewed, I applied to several big companies, big investment banks, or, and, um, you know, the tech companies trying to get in to say, okay, I want to solve this big problem. Come get me, come let me help mm-hmm. you do it. But as I, it took me a while to realize maybe I have everything I need mm-hmm. to actually start out solving that problem. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm glad that I started what I have. And um, that's one thing, again, one thing of my life is, you know, I just start with something, you know, whatever you have in your hand, you know, it's like the parable of the, uh, the talent, you yeah. know, you may have one, you may have two, you may have five. Uh, if you have one, I think, why don't I have five? Okay, you know what? I'm not going to do anything with it, which happens to every one of us. Yeah. That's a problem. But if you have one or two or five, that is exactly what you need mm. to get to the next step mm-hmm. where you'll have more. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that's a story for Sina as well. Whatever little I had, I started out with it and doors have been opening onto me. Yeah. Yeah. No, great, great, great ideas there. And, um, it's just, it comes from a, such a strong place, you know, um, that well is deep and can fill you in the, in the hard times really. And I, I was kind of thinking about that. Clearly you're challenging yourself and stretching yourself, yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, where, where does that motivation really come from? And I mean, how do you, how do you sustain it? I mean, I think I know, I have a pretty good idea, but I'd love, love, love to hear you just kind of like, you know, those days that are really hard, you look yourself in the mirror and you're just like, whoa, what am I doing? Why am I going to keep going? You know, how do you, how do you, uh, work through that in your head? You know, everybody has those moments in their life in different scenarios. So, you know, just sharing whatever's working for you, maybe that'll help somebody else. Um, you know, uh, maybe a topical example, but uh, like a lot of people I'm watching at the Squid Game, and uh, where I was last night was, you know, uh, sorry, I'm bad with names, but where the, the player 456, uh, you know, met the, is Gambi or whatever it is, and I was like, why did you create this game? And it was like, you know, because we had myself and my other VIPs, we had everything we wanted in life. And, you know, there was really no excitement anymore, hmm. um, you know, and the then had to go look for something to excite themselves, which is this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the example because I think the opposite has been it for me. Um, you know, like I touched on uh, previously, I grew up in a home where there was just enough to go to school and maybe nothing else. Mm-hmm. But I, over time, I realized that the adversity actually just formed me, mm-hmm. made me a better person, you know, made, made me work harder in school, made me always come close to the top of my class because I knew that was my only option. Um, when I went to college and I was running a business at the same time, I found out I was more efficient and effective because I was doing many things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it, it surprises me to realize I was performing better in class than those that had all the time in the world to study. Right. So I think very early in life, mm-hmm. I learned to celebrate adversity mm-hmm. and, um, and just realize that it's adversity builds 
character. It yeah. prepares you for the future. It's training. Yeah. So I think it's um, so it's a combination of one that knowing that adversity is just leading you to a bigger place, mm. and then just trusting God. I mean, because if things are painful, and you know, like we talk about for the marathon, if um, if, if it's painful and you have no certainty that you're going to get to the finish line, you'll give up and you know you turn back and um, head home. But, you know, just having a certainty in God that whatever you're going through is only temporary. And it's actually, it's for a bigger purpose. You know, there's always just, there has to be that certainty. If it's not there, then any adversity is just punishment. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but just having that certainty, that assurance that any adversity you're facing hmm. is going to lead to a bigger place. It's for a higher purpose. I think it's um, the second key component. Sure. No, that's great. Um we've kind of gone around this, uh, and adversity, um, you know, keeping going through the hard times. How do you do that when you're taking a risk intentionally too? You know, when I think of adversity, it's like hard things are happening to you, but there's a difference too, when you're piling it on yourself by taking a big, big chance. So how do you kind of work through that too, to, to motivate yourself to take a big step, um, you know, kind of the why behind that and, and what are your thoughts so you can keep going when you've inflicted it on yourself? Maybe that like is like the marathon too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is exactly like a marathon. I, a couple of things there. I think, I think it's actually better when you inflict it on yourself because you, you know, you tell, you can tell yourself why. Mm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. um, if it's um, inflicted on you, you think, I don't want this. Why am I getting it? You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, and another example, I went to a, a military school when I was 10 years old. And guess what? It was very far from home. I had to fly. Mm. I was basically a kid and I just told my parents, I'm going to go away from home. I mean, everybody was going to the next school in the neighborhood, I was like, no, I want to go for more. I was going to manage school. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. We'll make it happen. <laughs> they made it happen. And I got there. Um, and it was, I mean, it was weird case, but it was camouflage. It was military training. It was rifle training. It was the full work. Sure. Yeah. And of course, I had a change of, I was like, no, this is painful. This is what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while I had friends who would jump the fence and go back home because, you know, what, their parents forced them to do it. Yeah. For me, I'm like, I'm staying. I got myself here. I have personal pride. I will not go tell my parents I can't do it. Sure. You know, um, it took three years for my parents to realize that I wasn't actually having a ball. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you could have come to tell us to say you don't want to go anymore and we'll change clothes for you. I'm like, no, but I mean, I said I wanted to go there. So I can't come back to tell you, you know, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I have to make it work. So I think, I think, you know, this whole adversity thing, you know, not talking about it now, it actually goes way back. Mm-hmm. And I kind of realized that, you know, and it's, you know, when there's, maybe it goes back to that co-creation thing as well with God. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm starting to think like a parent now <laughs> with a five-year-old daughter. Yep. Like if you, I'm, you, you know this better than I do, but <laughs> you wanted to do something and you sit down with them and explain and make it look like their decision. You know, if it's tough, there's kind of better chance of, seen it through sure. rather than say you go do that you know yeah. go get that done <laughs> so i think that kind of explains how i approach this self-inflicted pain yeah. self-inflicted adversity yeah. you know maybe it's a marathon obstacle courses yeah. it was starting a business yeah uh, but 
I, you mentioned one thing. I want to throw one thing back at you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've also had experiences like this, you know, I'm dealing with self-inflicted adversity and risk. Yeah. What helps you? What helps you through? Yeah. Um, prayer and reflection help a lot uh, and doing that regularly. And then if it's really a hard load, it's getting clear on like what I need to prioritize and stop doing. A lot of times I may be too busy, take on a lot of stuff, but if it's something that's really important and really hard, I got to take it extra serious and clear, clear a few things off the plate so I can have enough time to do whatever it is well. Um, and so it could, it could be taking an inventory of I've used like, these are practical tools. This is just like real talk. A time audit. Like, what am I? What am I spending my time on during the day? Oh my goodness! I have spent a lot of time on stuff that really is insignificant or or a waste of time. I mean, social media or or other sort of things. Um, so, getting rid of things that I shouldn't be spending time on to take care of the things that are most important is a big one. And then staying healthy enough, you know, um, mentally, spiritually, physically, and, and with a family, my family unit too, to make sure like, okay, this is sustainable. Um, and so all those are hard things, but those are kind of practices and, and tools I go through to think, okay, uh, how do I keep going on this? If it's really hard, it's making sure I have, I have the fortitude to, to see it through. And then the alignment with other people that I, you know, value their opinions that I'm doing life with so we can do it. It's not just me. Um, I'm doing it. And again, it, then it does it line back with kind of where I think God wants me to be spending my time are these things that I think are worth doing in the world. And like you said, if, if those things are in sync, then feels like I can just keep going through about anything. I don't, I don't really think about like burnout or, um, doesn't mean it could be hard, but I can sustain it, you know? And, and that's where kind of the hope stays, uh, in the front of my mind too. Like, yeah, I can do this. It's hard, but I can keep doing it. And each day I got to renew it. Yeah. Um, thanks for that. One thing I want to, you know, pick up there is, you know, you talk about the alignment. Um, I mean, earlier on you talked about the balance between the, you know, God, family, career. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go back to the marathon analogy. Mm -hmm. It's, um, for most of the race, it's a personal, I mean, it's a solo spot. Yeah. But actually, it is actually a team one because there are people I train with, there are supporters that I don't know what they're. But then there's my family who, you know, are there for me every single step of the way. Right. My wife encourages me. My daughter does. Um, while I was running, you know, last Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago, I knew that my wife and daughter were going to be somewhere on the court. And um, I knew they were going to be near the end because they will, no matter what it takes, no matter how many people are on the street, they will find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, it's a team. I mean, a lot of things that look like solo efforts are actually better, much, 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 much better when they are treated like a team effort. So, yeah. for me, you know, adversity has to be a team effort. Mm -hmm. You have to have a team. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think, yeah. and I think choosing that team is extremely important. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. Um, Maybe talk about that a little bit uh, um, as you've built teams over the years, kind of what uh, what sort of thoughts go into when you're when you're bringing people into to work and co-labor with you on certain things. Um, probably a lot of these same aspects we're talking about now are uh, traits or attributes of people who are successful that you've worked with. 
Yeah, I, I mean, maybe the first thing I want to talk about in terms of, you know, building teams is maybe I've just got lucky because I feel, I mean, honestly, like incredibly blessed with mm. the team around me, mm-hmm. starting from my home unit, my wife, yeah. and also with my, you know, my co-founder, with Sina, my the staff. You know, at times, I, there's someone I interviewed who works with me today. I'm like, why do you want to come work for a company with that very early stage of, you know, its life? And, you know, but with She's still there three, four months. And I mean, my entire team, they've been there with me. No one has left. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to say is maybe I'm lucky, but I think not. I think it all goes back to that thing of actually just sitting down and saying, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, when I wanted a co-founder, I sat down and said, what am I looking for? And I basically just put it down, through, drew a matrix, the tables, what are the you know, top most important characteristics? What are the next? What? which ones can I compromise on, which ones can't mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. It made it such um, longer than it needed to be, but it helped, you know, when you know, you know, yeah. when you have it written down. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it always goes back to that whole, what exactly are you looking for? Sure. You know, it may be the priorities, it may be the values, yep. it may be the roadmap in life, you know, but identifying them, putting them down on paper, and then going around with a paper in your pocket to go look for. Right. I think it's um, the most important thing. Hmm. That's great. I uh, appreciate that. Um, maybe shifting gears a little bit because uh, you've you've had a, several years of career so far, but we all have quite a bit of road ahead of us too. What are some yeah. of the things that you've done to build like a, a background and set of knowledge that will give you so much optionality as the unpredictable future unfolds? I mean, Santa's is great. It's going to do great. Um, but we all are always thinking like, oh, you know, 20 years from now, what might I be doing or 15 years from now? So how do you think about building a, you know, multi, uh, unlimited career or just investing in yourself so you're ready for an unknown future? Um, that's a very interesting one because, I mean, I, while you were asking the question, I kind of just look back and I try to trace the arc of my journey, mm-hmm. you know, um, mechanical engineering, undergraduate, mm-hmm. uh, ended up in a, uh, starting a, a magazine somewhere in between, uh, went into banking, uh, had several movements within that, and then now I am leading a software firm. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I think through it all, it's, um, I'll say maybe it's just three things. Um, one is just being a very extremely aggressive with learning, you know, every learning opportunity, be yeah. it, no matter what it is, yeah. if it's adversity, be it anything, be it playing, be it friendship, um, then, and be, you know what, <laughs> effectively selling a house to go to school, to go to MIT. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, be extremely aggressive about yeah. knowledge acquisition yeah. and learning. That's formal and informal. That's one of my favorites too. <laughs> and and um, I do that. I'm a much better student after I graduated from undergrad than when I was in undergrad. And I've only become more of a learner each day, really. I love it. I, exactly. So it's, I, I, I think that, that is, is when you just realize that learning actually starts when formal education is over, mm-hmm. then I think it really just helps. I mean, honestly, yeah. if we're going to stop on one thing to help, um, you know, deal with an unsettling, unpredictable life, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I would say it's just that. It's that learning, having a base of learning. But if we're going to throw other things into the mix, it's 
taking risks. It's um, you know trusting God. It is um, having having a plan. A plan. You know, a rough plan. You know, um, and then maybe the plan one is very important. I, I want you. I will. I like your take on that, that planning thing as well. Mm-hmm. But my approach to planning is to to have a rough sketch. Mm-hmm. Say this is what I want to achieve. This is what I think um, God wants me. Where I, where I think God wants me to achieve. But being very flexible on the how. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, putting it very roughly, that is my approach. I'd, I'd like to hear how you are your approach to this. Similar, well. I, I think of it kind of in like zones. What are some things that I really think I'm actually pretty good at? And maybe that's some of my, my fortunate gifting or strengths that God's given me. What are some areas, you know, that I, I have a lot of energy for, for whatever reason, which are similar? And then not specific sorts of jobs or work, but, but concepts of like, I love working with people and teams and building communities, um, that could go a lot of different ways. I love technology. I love, you know, creating the future of technology, but I also have like a history under, you know, minor and and think, well, learn from the past to make the future better. And so these sort of things are zones of knowledge and excitement and experience and competency that I am like, okay, as long as I'm working in these zones somehow and they're overlapping a lot, I'll probably be doing my best work. Um, and there's lots of those zones Then I'm kind of mapping out the world around me. Where are some of these zones? Where can I be, you know, finding my highest points of contribution where I can just overlap a lot of these layers of, of things that I, I'm decent at and really enjoy um, and where they can add a big contribution to the world. Okay, I've got it. And, um, yeah, very helpful. Uh, but you know, one, one thing you mentioned there was about you know your strengths and what you know you're very good at. So, uh, I mean, on the flip side, if there are some areas where you are lacking, do mm-hmm. you try to correct for those, or you ignore them and just uh, focus on the strengths? It's it's been helpful for me to learn where some of my weaknesses are over the years. I think a lot of people are blind to them, honestly. I, I probably was in a lot of ways. And in some areas, then I had to decide, are, are these weaknesses a real um, big problem that I need to address? And if so, then I would, I would work on them. Or if they're just one that's okay. not a detriment, but not an asset, then I probably won't spend time on them. Um, I, then I just know, all right, that's not an area that I'm going to be adding a, a lot of value. But there are some where I've like realized that I need to improve um, so that it isn't a liability. It may take it from a liability to a neutral, maybe not all the way to an asset, but I, as I've grown, I've needed to eliminate some liabilities that I, that I have in my um, strengths or weaknesses as well. So that's been kind of my approach to those, but I definitely have really tried to leverage my strengths a lot. Okay, that sounds good. And you? Um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's more a strengthening as well. Um, you know, effectively just knowing those areas where you're good at. Mm-hmm. And, but also just, you know, like the very important thing, one important thing that I want to pick up the way you talked about zones, um, there's where, you know, I can say maybe I'm a banker and I want to grow exponentially there. Um, but it was also the, for me at some point, the realization that that particular path may not be the best going forward because the industry was shifting mm-hmm. and realizing that technology was going to be more and more an important thing in the future. And I just sought to learn. So, but maybe it came from a confidence to realize that it wasn't a deep area of um, weakness. 
right. but just one where I didn't know much about and I could just stick to know. So sure. I think it's those zones where it was close enough for me to be able to go pursue mm -hmm. a monologue. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's great. Um, well, I think we're we're about through what we had planned to talk about. Um, anything else that you wanted to add at the end? Uh, any any plugs for your own blog or Sena or anything else? I'm ha happy to give you the floor for a minute. Uh, okay. Well, um, I was going to take. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try and ask uh, a few more questions from you. Sure. Uh, but yeah, maybe before I do that, I would just say, you know, what we're trying to achieve is to understand the pain points um, for young entrepreneurs for early stage entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, I think it, you know, everything I do starts from that, further understanding and understanding pain points better. So uh, I think I do, but if anybody's listening, I want to tell me about what um, what pains they're experiencing with um, their business or with their ideas, I'll be more than happy to hear. Uh, but other than that, yeah, for them to just check out what we're building at Sena, um, it's um, C-A-E-N-A dot I-O. And um, yeah. Send me feedback. I want to hear everything. Awesome. Well, uh, unless you want to hit me up with any of your extra extra innings <laughs> questions, I think we can we can wrap it up. I'll let you get ready for your evening. It's pretty late for you now. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, this has gone by really quickly. So yeah. many many thanks for inviting me for the opportunity. Many thanks um, to you come for have joining. this chat with you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a real honor to get to reconnect with you and spend a little more time with you. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll keep doing it. Thank you so much. Dave. Yeah. Big thanks to George Fox digital for producing this podcast. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the George Fox talks podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream from. And if you want to dig in more to this stuff or see what else George Fox community is talking about, check out georgefox.edu forward slash talks or by searching on YouTube for George Fox Talks.